You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angsted, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, the editor of Smoking Cuban, writer at Mavs.com, and Mavs enthusiast, Isaac Harris. Mavs enthusiast? What's that mean? You got a fourth quarter lead for me? (sighs) This game was very frustrating and made me mad. It made me mad for a couple of reasons. Like, you get mad, and then I got mad about the Dennis offensive foul. That was not an offensive foul at all. It was like he hit the ball. It, like, Gallinari hit his face into the ball. and that's It's not an offensive foul. But but then, like, tonight there was ma- – I, I found myself getting frustrated during plays. Like, when you saw things that were about to happen. <laughs> and you're like, Cause you just, no! Yeah, you're just waiting for it. The dude from the office, your office fan, the, the GIF. No, no, no. Did you say the dude from the office? Yeah. Have you never watched He's, The Office? No, I don't. I, I don't do The Office. You need to watch it. I don't do any funny TV shows. That's weird. I never love. Have, I only never. do funny TV shows. Now this is us. Oh, <sighs> stop it! Oh, it's my heart. Anyway, his my name is Michael Scott. He's like the main character in the whole show. So, okay. Also, he's uh, the name of an NBA player, so you should know that. Steve Steve Carell, right? Yeah. Right there it is. Yep. Um, but, like, just the two plays at the end of the game, like, towards the end, when Dennis, you know, decided to be Jon Snow and go against the Army in Game of Thrones, and he's going down the court, and there's, like, the whole Clippers team in front of him, and he doesn't, like, stop, and Bradley strips him. You're like, no, no, just stop. <laughs> and then Maxie thinking he's, you know, the George the Iceman Gervin going up on a breakaway for a finger doing roll. Doing the finger so, roll, Doctor J. Oh my gosh! Uh, I'm sure Clippers fans are doing the exact. If there are Clippers fans, I'm sure they were doing the exact same thing when Avery Bradley took that ball all the way down, <laughs> all the way yeah. down, and dunked it at the end. When you were like, you could have just held it for like one more split second. <laughs> one second, you would have won. <laughs> also. DeAndre Jordan is just so smart. He's so smart, Isaac. The way that he tapped that ball. He tapped it, but not only did he tap it, he tapped it in a direction to where his teammate was, and he led his teammate. He is so smart. Just to such a smart You know what it reminds me of? Oh, my gosh. So smart. It reminds me of how smart shot blockers are for when they block it. Because he didn't hit it out of bounds. No. He tapped it in bounds. He kept it in bounds. (laughs) For the player, gosh, that guy must make really good decisions in life. He's he seems very decisive to me. Yeah, he probably never goes back on like once he makes a decision. Yeah, he's yeah. Ri- he's like me. He's like a ride or die. He's a ride like, or die. Like he really sticks with it because he's been he's been with the Clippers his whole career. I mean, he he never lifelong Clipper. Yeah, he never would have like tried to leave or anything. And it, like crazy, like when you have your group of friends that you like grow up with, and you're like, man, we're, we're always gonna stay together. And it's cool how he still has the same group of friends all still together. Yeah. Also, it's like 
it's really good to see guys like that succeed, you know, like and and do well and go far in the playoffs and like actually like win a, the second round in the playoffs or actually ever go to the third round of the playoffs ever. I mean, it's, it's good to see that. It's it's great. And then like at the end, like it's cool to see his banner, like his jersey get lifted to the rafters after you know, he could, you know, his free agency's coming up pretty soon, you know, he could I've heard some crazy plans to where they might put like his his kind of life on the court and for him to walk through and to have the Jordan jersey go to the rafters and staples like that'd be that'd be really crazy. Straight from Rick Carlisle as we break out of this bit that we've been doing for the last <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, the last 30 seconds. Uh, from Tim McMahon, Rick Carla, I decided to play the young guys down the stretch to get them the experience of closing the game, and they learned a few things. <laughs> I bet they did. That's pretty good. <laughs> and they learned a few things. <laughs> what things do you think they learned before we get into what we're actually going to talk about today? Uh, Maxi, do not take uh, a ball the whole court and go for a finger roll. Play within yourself is probably a good thing for them to learn. The ISO, the Gallo ISO that where he just handed it to Maxi was hilarious, and then you're like, "Yeah, we stole it! No, stop! Don't run!" And uh, also, Dennis probably learned to, to, you know, check the rear view mirror when you're driving down the lane, and there's guys in front of you and behind you and beside you. Yep, and, and he he learned who Avery Bradley is too. Check the rear view mirror is probably something Dennis Smith Jr. should be doing anytime he drives in the lane. Something we've mentioned before yeah. <laughs> about his awareness in the inside, and we saw that a few times tonight. But, but Avery Bradley, man, he's, he's still one of the I don't, – see, I don't want to go down the whole rabbit hole of advanced stats again, but the advanced stats against Avery Bradley and, like, oh, his defensive, all that crap, he's one of the best perimeter defensive players in the, in, in the entire league. So don't pull no crap with me about yeah. defensive stats. A lot of the advanced stats are, you know – Trash on defense are what they like. What the team does, you know, not necessarily what the individual player does. It's just so hard. It would be so hard unless you had synergy to try to calculate, you know, the advanced stats on that. Yeah. Hey, can you do you want to take the next like five seconds to recap Motley's night? And there we go. That was good. All right, you've listened to Locked On Maps. Good lord. <laughs> To what? be perfectly honest, okay, I was running the uh, the Maps Moneyball Uh-oh. Twitter account tonight, and I was mostly just doing dumb photoshops and videos and gifs. I did not even realize that Motley was on the court, or like Motley was on the bench at all. I didn't even realize it. Yep, I see him celebrating until I saw him in the box score. I'm like, cool. Uh, also, but J- not- <laughs> also Jalen Jones was apparently there. Yeah, he got in for like what point seven seconds. It's not in the um, box score, but. Yeah, he he was in for the very last possession, but um, <clears throat> but no, like with what's I gonna say? Oh, going back to your Rick quote a while ago that you quoted from McMahon. That's what makes it so weird, man. Like Rick loves the vets, and he plays them all down. The, you know, to a fault sometimes where we all throw a fit about it. And then tonight when Devin, you know, has this, you know, JJ's at plus twelve. Devin's a plus four. Devin had 16 points in 20 minutes. Like, they were balling. And, you know, just it's just weird. I mean, obviously, y'all tankers out there, y'all are relishing in this and already seen the tweets of 
What a great loss and favorite line of the night. You need to unfollow those people. You just get too mad when you see those tweets. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Well, it just makes me mad. But Mark Followell, favorite line of the night when they're showing highlights I did like of this. the season. And he said, you like this? I did like it, yeah. You're Team Tank. Yeah, but I'm not a Mavs fan, so. Okay. So why <laughs> did you like it? I just liked it. <laughs> I can like things, even though I don't necessarily agree with them. Okay, so Mark Followell said about the Barnes game winner, if you care about the guys in the blue, you went crazy. Earlier in the season against Memphis, and I just loved his subtle uh, jab at the uh, at the team tankers out there. Aria, shout out to Aria. Yeah, sure. Last, the other day, I texted that man, I said, what a solid tweet. Talking about enjoying the tears of the tankers. <laughs> like, oh, it was glorious. Anyway, uh, Eddie, this is breaking news. Oh crap! This is Here breaking news. Like, if we if we have a trade, this this is even bigger than that. Okay. So Eddie threw away his Bob Marley hat. Eddie Eddie tweeted out that uh, it was from Eddie actually. The misspelled Nowitzki jersey will be auctioned off for charity. Hmm. I don't think I would really want to own that, but the misspelled Nowitzki jersey. Nowitzki? Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, Dirk, I, Nowit- Dirk Nowitzki's name was misspelled. The uh, the Z and the K were switched, and it was really funny. That was uh, pretty wild. Um, do you have anything? I mean, Barnes didn't play tonight. It's obviously yeah, ankle. huge, huge thing um, for your offense. Whenever your best, you know, your best player doesn't play. And two things at the end of the game: Rick Carlisle, okay, Nick. Let me ask you, buy or sell? Do you buy that this was a subtle tank job by drawing up the two last play game winners for Yogi Ferrell? Not sure why they weren't for Wes. Exactly. The dude was on fire. The dude was the fire emoji incarnate. Not Um, only Wes, but like Dirk in, you know, for a cool last shot. It's Kind of what he's good at is shooting. Um, he's only been, he's only been doing it for fifty thousand minutes. Yeah, you know, not not one of your vets that's just been playing pretty good. You know, Devin or JJ. Nope, Yogi was four four of eleven, one for six from three. And we draw up a pick and roll with Yogi for the winner, and then the last play of the game when Yogi steps out, great play call. Like he was open. He just happened to step out, but it was for Yogi again. That quote to McMahon, though, that he just that McMahon, that he tweeted out uh, that he wanted to give them that ex- late game experience. That's exactly why he did it, though. And at least, okay. at least he's sticking with the story tonight. You know, it's different other nights. We've seen him, like you said. You know, that was the best opportunity for us to get a win. But in, in this night, he said we wanted to give those guys the opportunity. And that was the perfect example to give him the opportunity to step out of bounds to take that shot. <laughs> step out of bounds. He did. Yeah. So. I, at least, I mean, this the story, there's synergy in this, this, you know, what he said and what he did. And that's what we can ask for as, yeah. you know, as people that cover the team. Is that what we're going to get the whole second half of the season? All, by the way, we are 
deep into the second half of the season, my friend. We are Whoa. we are like fifty four yeah. games in. <laughs> the last was, third was, of the season. This was something that HP Basketball uh, tweeted out. I was like, I don't understand why we count the the we consider the All Star break the midway point. Like it's, it's definitely it just not. always felt like that. Yeah, man. it's just a an obvious cut like in the middle. And some people were saying that it's you know the playoffs. Like you count the playoffs as part of the second half, but yeah, it was just really funny. All right, what we're going to actually talk about today, and we don't have too much time to get into this, but uh, I have a piece that's up right now for Mavs Money, or it's up later this morning, depending on what time you're getting to this, because some of you guys get this like right oh, right away. <laughs> Shout out to all of you guys. I really appreciate it. It's like 12.05. Where's Locked On? Yeah, <laughs> that happened last night. Shout out to whoever <laughs> said that. Uh, I laid out a couple of potential James Harden-type trades. Uh, and didn't really give specific trades, but give just basically just give like players yeah. that the Mavericks could target that are guys that could be a lay the foundation target. for this piece. I want I want I'm intrigued by this. Like how how far are you wanting to take it? Like a player that you think can be at Harden's level, or like just a simple bench guy that could be a quality starter. Yeah, I, I took it on I took it a couple different ways. I split them up into three categories. I so the the premise of this article is if you look at James Harden and where he was with Oklahoma City, when he was drafted, he's essentially a luxury. You you look at him and he was the he was basically the fourth guy drafted on that team. You had KD already. You had Jeff Green already. They were drafted in the same draft. You have Westbrook and Ibaka already. Ibaka was stashed in Europe, but they had drafted him in the same draft as Westbrook. You had those four guys already. You bring in Harden, that's a luxury on your team. You don't necessarily need it, but bench scoring is great, so you put him on the bench. He only started like seven games his first three years with the with the the uh, the Thunder. So you look at the guy, and you're like, this is a guy that's being sort of like blocked by his team. Uh, and so... He has these mitigating circumstances. They end up trading him. He ends up being, you know, he's now been a runner-up for MVP twice, and he's probably going to be the MVP this year. So his third, his third year though, hit like that was the, it was the calm before, like not really calm before the storm. You like, saw what? it. You definitely yeah, you saw, saw it. He, there was stuff there. There was. Like, he was their sixth man. He sucked in the finals, but like he was their sixth man, and he was you also twenty-two. That. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so. Yeah, he he did, but so you saw that you saw that, and so we're looking at players that have you know that definitely have the potential that are young, that have uh, the conditions on the team to where maybe they're being blocked by somebody else on their team, or that maybe the system isn't working out for them, and uh, and then I'm also looking for potential. Obviously, you know, could be a future All Star, but it's really hard to find guys like that. You know, that's what NBA GMs that's what they're there for, and so uh, some of these are just like. Their top level is maybe an all-star a couple times, or maybe you know not even all-star, but a, but a starter. So here's the guys that I, that I kind of laid out. We want the Mavericks that you'd want the Mavericks to go after. That I'd potentially want the Mavericks to target. Okay. Uh, Aaron Gordon was one okay. we've talked about him already. That's a guy you know could be just a bad circumstance. Could yeah. be, you know he's 22. Jabari Parker we've talked about him a lot on this podcast. Oh yeah, Julius. Uh, I think he has like top ten potential, Jabari yeah. Parker. Yeah, like not he, all time, like in the league, all time. <laughs> no, <laughs> Julius Randle, another guy like that. Uh, Brandon intriguing. Brandon Ingram. I'm all about Ingram because he's got the conditions on the team. If the if the Lakers get desperate enough, they could package him in a deal. That's possible. 
I think that'd be one of the worst decisions I've ever made in the past twenty years. Probably. Uh, no, they made some. They made some. They started Chris Mim and Smush Parker for a while. There were some bad decisions there. Smush. Um, these are two that I'm really intrigued by. Okay. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. If, yes. If you think about it now, it sounds insane. However, Gordon Hayward's going to come back. Right now, that's that's just a three forward, three wing rotation. Stevens can deal with that. However, they have their own pick. They potentially have the Lakers pick this year. They have a Memphis lottery pick potentially next year. They have a Clippers pick. They have the the better pick between Sacramento and Philadelphia in 2019. That's like that could potentially be like six lottery picks that's coming yeah. up for them. You know, like that. That's a lot of of talent coming in there. If they draft somebody that's better than those guys, I, who knows? You know, they've been they've hit pretty well on some of these guys as of late. Both these guys. I, was say, I don't know who you who you would draft better than them. I it, I mean it'd be tough, but every year we see like, guys. I take Tatum over Michael Porter right now. We see, you know, we see guys come into the league, and you just never—I mean, you're talking about 2019, so you're talking about sophomores oh, yeah, in yeah. high school. So, I mean, there are juniors in high school right now that are just, you know, just graduated to be juniors. So, yeah, there's potential there that, that those guys could eventually be, you know, the, those are future far off guys. And so, trying to figure out what they're going to do with the Hayward, Brown, Tatum, and then potentially some of these picks, there's just potential yeah. there to, to watch for. And if they start going after like Anthony Davis, they're gonna have to move, you know, some of these guys. That, I mean, that's what they're gonna have to do. And that's what <clears throat> I mean, was it last year they had two first round picks or they had three and they had like they had to take two guys to stash. Like yeah. they took Yabusele y- y- and then uh Zizic. And like they just had to do it because they can't roster them all. So that's why I like these bigger trades, like especially Anthony Davis. But like if Davis doesn't get traded, like what do they do? I mean, they're gonna have to do something to try to swing for the fences again because you just can't you can't roster. I mean, they're gonna they're literally gonna be bringing people like Bagley or something off the bench, like you know, and it's like nuts. Don't make me. But roll, I, don't make I actually me roll got my eyes more. <laughs> I actually got one for Boston that is like hidden is Terry Rozier. Like, yeah, I tried to stay away from point guards, but I will talk about two after you. Well, not that, yeah, not for <laughs> Dallas. I'm just saying, like, I'm thinking of like more. Like in that Harden type role, that's like off the bench, that does well off the bench, like doesn't start, doesn't like get, you know, he's definitely not in the top three players on their team. Yeah, you know, after Kyrie and Horford, it's probably Tatum or Brown. Would you say like outside of Hayward? Oh yeah, yeah, because they're so like I think Terry Rozier, man. I obviously I was huge. I'm coming out of Louisville because yeah, I love my Tar Heels. Tar Heels are in my blood. But I lived outside of Louisville, so I'm, I feel partial to the University of Louisville also. And so, like, I love Terry Rozier coming out of Louisville, and that's why I like Mitchell so much too. And But I think, man, if I'm another team like a Phoenix or somebody that needs a point guard, I'm trying to get Terry Rozier. I don't think they're going to trade him right now. Of course, Ainge loves him, but yeah, I think he could be a starting point guard in the league and he was good. put he was put in so many trade machine scenarios <laughs> last year and then they trade Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. Two other guys I think that could be interesting. These are not bench players, but they're sort of, you know, could be could be blocked by the team, could be being held back. Jamal Murray and Deontay Murray. Uh if Ooh, yeah. if Kawhi is like, I want to win now, we need like an actual we know, you know, we need a point guard that's more on my level. 
Yeah. Like they went after Chris Paul. They went after Kyrie. Like if they decided. Like actually, if they went to if they went after Kimba. Yeah. Something like that. So if they like, just, I could totally see him blowing up in like Charlotte or something. Like I love I love that kid. Jamal Murray also same same exact thing. You look at you know sometimes these teams if you get a young guy like Jokic that becomes too good too fast almost the team starts making these win now decisions. I think Millsap is one of those. I think you know Millsap could work for them being a rebuilding team too. But you know if they want an actual point guard, a George Hill, if they, you know something like that. Kemba yeah. also all the same things. Uh, they could go after those guys, and I don't know if they would fit necessarily well with with Dennis, but it's just interesting to look out for i like um i mean i know this is like super quick so like it's probably not they're not good for this list but like um like zach collins i think zach collins could be really good i really like him interesting that's a deep, and, that's uh, a deep cut yeah and like malik monk like i have like, malik monk on my list i have four like long he, i have four long shots that i'm gonna go over yeah, and like Monk, I mean, it's it's too early, I know, but like they were bringing him off the bench. Like, what would Monk? So much, so much in this league is is made off the situation you go into, and like it's ask, almost like just ask Davis Bertans about that. <laughs> exactly, like you <laughs> find these role players that go to San Antonio or wherever they go, and but like just situation, how much that has a hand in your career. But like Monk, you know, what if he went to New York and is start? You know, what Frank's not starting. But like, what if he went to somewhere like Dallas and like Dallas, like here start. Like that'd be wild. Like, what if Dennis was coming off the bench for the Knicks right now? Like Frank is. Like, where would he be in his development? Like, there's just a lot of stuff that goes in. It. Anyway, Malik Monk. Yeah, I, like I have Monk on there as a long shot. Um, I just unplugged all my stuff except for my computer, and now it's all dark. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say you look like a, a Vader. So okay, the rest of the rest of my list I'll continue in the dark. Okay. So I have Monk on there as a uh, as a long shot. Uh, he also got sent down to the G League for a game, which is kind of hilarious. But that's that's dumb. <laughs> so uh, another guy on that list is Pat McCall. We've talked about him on this on this podcast. Um, I like Pat McCall. Yeah, he could be interesting. Justice Winslow, another long shot guy. At one point in time, this Boston Celtics offered <laughs> six wild. six draft picks to the Hornets for their pick to take Justice Winslow. The Hornets said, "No, never mind. We're going to take Frank Kaminsky." <laughs> so, and and uh, the only team that made out really well in this is uh, the Celtics, who didn't end that- up. That's the route, and that's the route Boston could go. Also, with all these picks, they could just look to consolidate it down to like two or three picks. Like they could look go into next year's draft and be like, if they're at pick five, and they're and they like holler at the number one person and say, "We'll give you our fifth pick, and then we'll give you another first like next year or like two firsts to move up to one." Like do the know? opposite of what they did this year. <laughs> yeah, and it it would look crazy on paper because both sides would win out, but like. For Boston, they just can't roster everyone. So, like, what if they yeah, combine all their assets? Would and, they do that to get Aiton? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. You know, if that's the case. But probably. I like – okay, I got someone on the restricted that could – you know, that we think could get moved. And I know this is because he has good games against Dallas. But, like, I, I kind of like Rodney Hood. Yeah, I have Rodney Hood as an honorable mention. He's 25, and I, I put my cutoff as 24. Just oh, to like, okay. just to give me a, a limit, but I did, I do like Rodney Hood, Jordan Clarkson also too could could really fit that, yeah, that kind of mold. I have those two guys. I didn't mention them in the piece, but I thought about them. 
Yeah. They could also be interesting. My last long shot is Thon Maker. <coughs> Same sort of scenario as like, you know, Jamal Murray or Deontay Murray. If if the Bucks are like, all right, we're gonna go for, you know, we're gonna go for DeAndre or we're gonna go for, you know, Whiteside or something like that. And Thon becomes sort of expendable in that sense. You move him. He's oh, I wish we could get our hands on Thon. Super versatile. I mean, that would just be be very interesting. All right. Hey, shout out to Tyler Zeller getting traded. Tyler Zeller, Rashad Vaughn. Reuniting the 2012 North Carolina Tar Heels. Harrison Barnes team with Henson and Zeller. Same th- front court together. I can't remember who tweeted this, but they said that I think every Plumley and Zeller has to go through Charlotte, Milwaukee, and uh, Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> I think they have to. It's like their tour of duty. That's awesome. All right, the last one, and I texted you about this earlier today. Uh-oh. Bradley Beal. No. He's not coming off the bench, obviously. He's not necessarily being blocked by his team. He's an all-star. I think he could be made available, though. I don't think so at all. Like, I think he's clear, clearly the better player than John Wall. Wow. And it's like I think it's like a Toronto situation. Like, would Toronto trade DeRozan over Lowry and keep Lowry? I don't think so. The thing is, though, DeRozan means more to that team because he's been there for so long. And I think John Wall kind of means that way, too. Like, would they give Bradley Beal that, that super max? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know about that. I I just – I can't see him – I can't see him moving him at all. Espe- I mean, they've won five in a row now. They have 40 assists today. I'm actually working on a piece right now. <laughs> I don't know when it's going to be out, so whatever. But saying, like, maybe J.J. Barea was right about John Wall because <laughs> – like there's a lot of like video stuff of players talking after yeah. the game and like their numbers, they've won five in a row. They've like had a crazy assist. All the players are talking about how fun the ball movement's been. Like there's been tweets. There's been, I don't know. Okay. So say, say the wizards are like completely blind to all that stuff. Say they are just like John walls, our guy. We're sticking with our guy. He's here. You know, he donated a million dollars to, you know, like, Washington DC area school, you know, stuff like that. Like he did, just did all this stuff and we gave him the super max. We're sticking with him. They do the opposite of the Clippers. <laughs> they're like, we're sticking with our guy. Yeah. And their relationship just becomes so toxic. They decide to move on from him. That's, that's the, that's the scenario I painted in the piece, but yeah, I mean, I just don't, I just don't see it. Like if Portland's not going to give up on McCollum and, and Lillard so far, and I think Bill's better than McCollum. So I just I just don't see I mean you'd have to get a, a crazy package back if you're gonna move like you move Otto Porter before Bill. Like that's the thing. Like you look but to the, move Yeah, the 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 situation would be that Wall and Beal just can't play together. It's like a Shaq and Kobe, like you gotta choose. The, okay. They're just gonna it's just gonna be so bad for the you know the team. You know the team. You had that team meeting that just blew up and said it wasn't productive and all that stuff. Like that's that's the situation you would have to get to for this. And that they for would this to pick happen. John Wall, even though I think they'd take Bill. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you just have to. I think if I'm trading Bradley Bill, an All Star. Yeah. I I'm looking at I'm getting an All Star type player back for sure. That's a f- like borderline All Star, if not a All Star. And then yeah, I'm 
looking for a pick or something. Because, like, if you still – you just handed John Wall the max. You handed Otto Porter basically the max. You want to win. You're not going to tank. So, you don't – I mean, draft picks are cool, but, like, you want you want another guy to go in there, whether it's a big man, whether it's a four, whether it's another two guard. So, yeah. I don't know what yeah, it would be. It, I mean, it's just a – John Wall, I think, could be made available the same sort of way <laughs> if they do it the opposite. <laughs> if they just do a Clippers and are like – Dang it, we regret this. Okay, so yeah, if they put Wall in the market, you better believe teams like the Hawks, um, you know, there there will be teams that that would would definitely be intrigued by getting John Wall. He can't. John Wall can't be traded until July twenty sixth or June twenty sixth. I, just, one, I one, thought it was next year. One sometime, of those two, like off season. And there could be a New Orleans trade there. That'd be wild. Like Drew Holiday, and yeah, some stuff. Yeah, that's the time. Yeah, I mean, well, Dev. I mean, I had to take a draft pick with Holiday, but oh yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it, there'd be that's in some other stuff, but that'd be interesting. You get you get Wall Davis Cousins. <laughs> that'd be wild, man. And just who cares about the rest of it? <laughs> yep, Dante Cunningham, Josh Smith. They bring him back. <laughs> All right, there you go. That piece drops today, so pick it apart however you'd like. Disagree however you'd like on Mavs Moneyball. And, uh, yeah, another clutch loss for the Mavericks. And not clutch. Zach, not cl- Zach Lowe things tomorrow. And not clutch that it's like we were happy that they lost, but, like. No, because we're never happy that they lost, like, Nick. That's clutch. That's clutch. What a clutch loss. Like, right right when we needed it. Uh, let's We can hit the Zach Lowe thing real quick. Uh, Zach Lowe said with the map in, in his, uh, not, it wasn't like a Friday 10 things article. It was just like a trade deadline. These are all my thoughts. Kind of, he kind of like puked all of his thoughts onto the page. This is a question. He said, would the Mavs exchange Josh McRoberts expiring $6 million deal for Mo Harkless that gets Portland under the tax, but it also cannibalizes the Mavs cap space this summer. They have bigger ambitions for that space, but they've had bigger ambitions since 2011. Thanks for the shots fired, Zach Lowe. And I think he even threw in there like Portland could throw in a second rounder. A second. Yeah, if they're doing Harkless in a second, I'm totally in on that deal. I'm not at all. Not at all, really? No. Wow. Here's my thing. Here's my thing with Dallas. Why do we care about second rounders? (laughs) <laughs> I don't. I don't care. We don't. We never use them. And then you know who our second rounders are: Motley, Yogi, Dorian Finney-Smith, like Maxi. These are all undrafted guys. We're great at finding the undrafted guys. So why do we need a second? Why does it matter? Look at most of the second rounders right now. You couldn't even tell me where they're at in the league. Uh, AJ Hammonds is in Miami. That's what I a, so my point is Dallas is really good at finding the undrafted guys. So when it, a second rounder in there, and then you're looking at Mo Harkless, he's due like 11 million next year, or like 10 point like five next year, and then 11.2 the year after that. I just, I really don't want to sacrifice. I don't want a wing version of Dwight Powell. Wow! Shots fired at Mo Harkless. We will end the podcast at that. If <laughs> we traded salary out. I would be fine. It's not about him directly as a player. If we put like Dwight Powell or like Wes and there was like a bigger salary offset in the deal, then I'm not all against Mo Harkless. It's just not about adding him for free for the next two years. But yeah. Anyway. 
There you go. So, yeah, I don't know if I would do that either. I'm interested in it. I don't think Mo Harkless is exactly Dwight Powell wing version, but um, that comparison is now going to stick in my head forever. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to Lockdown Mavericks. Trade deadline dash. Oh, my gosh. Just what? Two two days away. You're listening to this on a Tuesday. The deadline's in two days. Two days. There it's might like- be a Mavs deal that happened by the time you listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> We should actually start saying when we're recording this. To when we're recording this Monday night after the Clippers game. Yeah. So if something happens before you listen to this, you'll hear from us soon. All right. Thank Peace you. Out. Boom. Peace.